Hi, and welcome to the Voice of 5G podcast. It's a podcast from Ericsson with me, Paul Cowling. And me, Janina Townend. Hello, Janina. And, and hi, Peter. Peter. How are you doing? We're doing well. Not not so well on the sinking, <laughs> but otherwise really well. No, we're, Welcome we're to the podcast. Janina, we're sinking fast. <laughs> it, it felt like it was nearly planned, but not quite. <laughs> we can do better. Peter, it's a special episode, isn't it? It is. It's going to be a, re- it's a really special episode because we had the Ericsson Innovation Award. We had the final on the 14th of December. And it was nothing but fantastic. We had three finalists from Nigeria, Indonesia, and India, just showing what co-creation and creativity can do, but also showing that diversity, which was really, really exciting. And when you saw the passion and the faces of the three finalists, it was just, yeah, it was so rewarding. And what I loved was the aspect of the mentors as well. The end mentors were just really there. There's actually one mentor in the audience and he wasn't even filling up. He was that overwhelmed with emotion. Oh, wow. Well, you seem pretty, pretty affected as well, Peter. You've had a, a long week working on this. But tell us a little bit about the background of the Innovation Award. What is this? Sure. So the Ericsson Innovation Award is a global program. It's quite unique to Ericsson and it allows any student from around the world to participate. What does that mean? It means that just to have to come up with an initial idea, two or three paragraphs and say, this is my idea and this is why it will make a difference to sustainability, digital divide, water, purity, all sorts of things. We've had seven of them over the last seven years, clearly. And this year was all about impacting a sustainable future. Mm-hmm. And this time we asked, the, we asked the students, come up with an idea. Tell us how your idea will help impact a sustainable future. And we had 700 ideas. And from those 700 ideas, we then reduced them to 14 in September. And then from September to November, we worked with the semi-finalists and then selected the top three. And those three then came to the final on the 14th of December. And then that's when the magic happened. But but I would just say, Peter, that if you go into the website, you can actually see all of the 14 that, that were short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's some really yeah. interesting projects on there as well. So we shouldn't just uh, focus on the three that came into the... Into the... Absolutely not. And, and one of the beautiful things that have come out of the 40 semi-finalists some of the judges have actually looked at the semi-finalists, not the finalists as well, and said, actually, there's some really interesting ideas here. I'd like to follow up on some of them. Yeah, well, that's good because uh, it's one thing to generate ideas, but unless you t- turn them into action, you know, you're not really taking the, you know, an idea alone is, is only so good so far. Yeah, so Anne Malin, the lady from the Earth Hackathon, has actually come out already straight after the event and said, she's willing to sponsor the two runner-ups. She will use her organization to mature their idea even further. I mean, that's a real, real benefit of the whole kind of judges that came into the mix as well. Yeah, yeah. because uh, if I understood correctly, there is a mentors that's coming from Ericsson and it's all, all different parts of Ericsson who can be a mentor. You have to sign up and you have to follow then the yeah. students on their path to develop their innovations and make it into a more viable sort of idea. 
Mm-hmm. And then there is a group of judges as well, but they are, are they both from, er- from Ericsson and outside Ericsson? Who are, who are these people? So there's a, a number of steps in that discussion. We had, we did ask for mentors f- across Ericsson. We had just under a hundred to help us with the 14 semifinalists. So we selected 60 from those a hundred and they're from all over the world, you know, from many, many countries. But the, the most beautiful thing about the mentor population have different expertise that can come from sourcing, data scientists, Ericsson research, product management, sales. But having that kind of diversity of all these guys from all different places all working together, you kind of had a, a nice little virtual network of 60 people all wanting to do the same thing, all trying to help each other. And then when we got to the semi-finalists, we used our global judges. We reached out to about 40 or 50 judges within Ericsson to choose a semi-finalist. But for the finalists, we really went big time and we looked for external judges. We looked at people from London, from Germany, from Saudi Arabia, all over the world, just to provide some diversity mixing there. And again, the judges had a real different backgrounds and a different opinions on things as well. Yeah. And even though this is not about 5G, it's a lot of technology behind and all the students that won were all from technical universities. Are those the ones that can apply or is this for other students as well? Any student can apply and thankfully as a result of the live broadcast on Wednesday, a number of university students have already approached me and they must have followed me on LinkedIn and said, hey Peter, could we apply for next year? Absolutely. <laughs> One was from the University of York, for example. The University of York is known for its arts and its humanities more than the science, for example. Yeah. Is it one team per university or do you get several per No, we can have as many as you like. There's just no boundaries to what is possible. If there's an idea and there's a group of students that want to put their idea forward, just do it. There's nothing, there's no bar. And the thing that's good about the, the submission, it doesn't have to be overthought. It just needs to be the bare bones of an idea. When the mentors see the bare bones of the ideas, that's when the kind of the co-creation, the collaboration, all the energy and all the magic comes together to build something which is a little bit different and maybe a little bit more away from their original idea, which is quite good too. And then they win monetary prizes. Mm. The, the winner gets 25,000 euros and the second 15,000 and the third 5,000. Yeah. Is there anything else in the sort of winner's box? <laughs> so, so one of the nice little ones is the social media winner. Oh, yeah. So on Instagram, 24 hours before the final, we say, who is your top winner? You know, so the, the three there, and then we can see what percentage of people voted for each one. And uh, Benoit was successful in that one as well. So they are now 27,000 euros richer than they were on the 13th of December. Wow. So they get the, an extra 2,000 euros for being the most popular one as well yeah. on social media. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> cool, cool. And then the mentors have already said that if the if Benoit want to have, you know, onward mentoring afterwards, then they'd be very keen to support that, which is a testament to the support and commitment of the mentors. They didn't have to do it, mm. but they want to do it. Yeah. And of course, we're going to go through all the different winners and starting off with the Benoit team, the ones who won, where we have all three students in that team joining the podcast and their mentor. Do you want to describe their solution a little bit? Because it, it they are yeah. they are quite young. <laughs> they were only, I think, around 20 years old. So perhaps you can 
just explain their, the brilliance of their idea a little bit, Peter. I think Niels, one of the judges, kind of summed up really well. What their solution does is solves two major problems. It solves the problem of renewable energy, but it solves the problem of plastic waste. So what this solution does is takes plastic waste and makes it into a solar energy solution. It's not the only contribution ingredient to the solar panel solution, but what the solar panel solution does, it's very flexible, it's very scalable, it's a lot more resistant and a lot more durable than other solar energy solutions. So what they're having in mind is, let's provide renewable energy to places from anywhere around the world, quite cheaply, but also reuse some of the waste plastic to make it happen as well. Really well done in terms of the flexibility, the scalability, durability, but also the use of waste plastic to bring it to life. Mm. Really fascinating how they did that. Yeah, I think one of the things that attracted me to that solution is that by using the plastic compared to you know, the types of cell panels that we see, it's a lot, lot lighter and that makes it a lot easier to use it yeah, yeah. for projects and install it. But it's also a lot, lot cheaper and that makes it accessible to communities around the world that otherwise would not be in a position to afford like solar power. I mean, that's what I was saying. They were saying you could put rooftops and windows all over the place. It's not so rigid as the, you know, the standard solar power, which is another real plus for a bunch of very young students to have kind of those three major strengths about the solution. Which, you know, absolutely incredible. Mm. Yeah. And when you listen, when you listen to the judges, what they said about it, I mean, yeah, the judges were blown away. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's go in and listen to the interviews we did with the teams now. Okay. We are now here with the full Benoit team, the winners of the Ericsson Innovation Award. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. And, we... and congratulations. <laughs> and congratulations on the big win. You just won 25,000 euros yesterday. That's pretty cool. And the Benoit team, you're from Indonesia. And I just Googled before we started recording that in Indonesia, uh, 25,000 euros is 415 million Indonesian rupees. That's pretty cool. I like that. Right, <laughs> Paul? 415 million. Uh, that's, uh, that's very nice. And all of a sudden, you're millionaires. Amazing. Let's go into the team and we'll go through you one at a time. But we'll start off with Josep. Please introduce yourself and the team background. How did this start? Okay. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Josep from Indonesia, and we are being our team with my friends, Mrs. Uh, Tiffany and Afra. The background of this team, actually, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know actually how can we find each other because it is so <laughs> random. So you, do, do you take different classes at the university? We are, we are in different classes because actually we are in the same department. I'm in the department called Bioprocess Engineering. Fred and Tiffany is in the same mm -hmm. department, which is a chemical engineering, but they are in the different classes, like the one called uh, Parallel and the one class uh, called uh, Regular. And it, 
it's just different uh, classes. Did you know from the start that you were aiming for this prize or was it just, oh, you want to invent something and then you saw like, okay, we need to have some money or backup or something like that to put it into reality. How did it all start? Yeah, we just got the mindset of joining this a competition. It's not only about finding some prizes, finding some money, but we just want to have some experiences about competition, about planning, uh, about scientific, because our university always encourages us to join some competition and not only about winning, but also about having some experiences about knowing deeper about uh, the technology uh, that the world needs now. Yeah. Cool. So should we go over to the solution and we'll talk to, to Tiffany here. Please introduce yourself, Tiffany, and, and talk a little bit about what your invention is. Hello, my name is Tiffany from Benoit Team Indonesia. Well, our idea is Parasol, printable alternative solar roll. It's a flexible solar panel based on ProfSCAD, and it uses recycled plastic as one of its main components. We make this idea to help increase the solar energy uses, especially among the middle to low income households and agribusinesses with a cheaper version of solar PV. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that was a very good marketing address. <laughs> Thank you, Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that you have a future in marketing. And I was very, I was very impressed also actually with your material around the solution. It looked very professional. Is that part of your education or, or did you have some help there in like explaining this solution? Well, actually quite different from what uh, we are measuring it. We are, the three of us are measuring in chemical engineering and bioprocess engineering, but this idea is basically more about materials and metallurgy. So we, yeah, we did get help from a lot of people. We, we, we look for a lot of professors uh, that is expert in material and metallurgy and ask them regarding this idea, how to make the research, how to conduct the uh, research and how to make it into a reality. But basically the main idea come from us. Mm. Then, Afra, would you like to walk us through the entire experience? When did you start this project? And when you, when you approached Ericsson with this and your experience at the, perhaps at the ceremony yesterday, Afra? And please introduce yourself as well. Okay, okay. Hello, my name is Afra from Jakarta, Indonesia, and I'm really honored to be part of this team. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your experience going through the process and winning this prize? Please. And for us, this competition has been the start of a journey of Parcel. And we first started our Parcel around six months ago, and we know that this idea is really unique and we hope to make it into reality. And from Ericsson competition, we are given a chance to develop the idea from all the mentoring sessions going on. And it's also motivation for us to search the research on Parasol. And when we first saw this competition, we just thought, oh, well, this is going to be fun. It is the first time we have joined such a big international competition. And we just saw this as a chance for us to improve our idea. After we submitted for semifinals, we just hoped for the best and said maybe we'll get it. We'll get it, maybe not. And let's see where it goes. And when we got the email saying that we're in finals and then, of course, we couldn't believe that. And it feels very honored to be part of this competition. And yes, this competition is not the end for us, but it's the start of our journey. Yeah. 
what are you going to do next now that you're prize winners? Do you have any plans? Um, yes, we hope we get find more funding and incubation program to start the business and become a startup in the energy sector. And it's a big dream, actually, a really, really big dream that we hope we can achieve step by step. And there's still a long way to go. And winning this competition will be one of our milestone. And actually, we are going to have partnership with some companies to maximize our funding to make the first product of Parasol. And we plan to research and develop parcel to make it more durable, efficient, flexible, and high quality. And we would like to evaluate every aspect like its components, manufacturing process, and packaging so we can develop them to be better. Wow. You are so professional. How old are you? All three of you. Um, I'm 19 years old. <laughs> You're so young. <laughs> Tiffany? I'm 20. It's great. I literally just... Yeah, I literally just turned 22 days ago, actually. 20? Congratulations. Congrats. Okay, uh, should we go over to, to Natasha? Tell us a little bit about your background and your work with this team. Okay, so hi, my name is Natasha and I come from Croatia. I have been with Ericsson for eight years now. And I have started volunteering as a mentor for Ericsson Innovation Awards last year. Uh, so Benoit is my second team uh, of mentees and I'm so proud that they made it to the finals and won the whole competition. From our perspective, it wasn't too much of a work. I must say you have heard how efficient they are. So they came very prepared and very determined to win all of this. We just kind of guided them a bit, asked some uncomfortable questions and we acted like the jury for them and tried to get them to think maybe about some things that they haven't. But it was li really little <laughs> what we added here. Can you tell us a little bit if you've been doing this for two years, like how is the process? Do you apply to be a mentor at Ericsson? Then how many teams are there and how many mentors? Uh, yes, you you need to uh, you need to apply, and if you are selected to be a mentor, then you get invited to the kickoff where we kind of screen initial applied projects, and then we give some initial comments where they get it as a feedback, and they need to try to implement those, and if they make a second round of uh, like being chosen to, to participate here. I think it was eight teams and each team has four to five mentors, depending. Yes. From those eight, we, we managed to pass all the rounds uh, that there have been. And it was mostly up to the teams and they really do all, all the hard work here. What background do you have in Ericsson? And <laughs> before Ericsson, what field are you in? Can anyone be a mentor at Ericsson? Or do you have to have some sort of special background? Everyone can apply, but the teams of mentors are uh, made of different backgrounds. So I'm a computer science major. So I have been working as a developer for a couple of years, but now as a project manager. So I, I had that part covered for helping them kind of present this as a project as well. And we had different people from uh, like sales and marketing so that we kind of can help where our help is needed. But I must say it's a great, great experience to be a part of this, to be with such innovative people and to see what they can do 
and what they can achieve when they set their minds to and how they, I must say, will change the world. <laughs> Excellent. And one last question to the Benoit team. Do you have any advice for people who want to apply next for next year's awards? Do you have anything, any findings there that you want to share? Um, we hope that all young Uh, people like us, maybe, that watches us um, during the Ericsson Inefficient Awards. Um, and yeah, the show uh, yesterday uh, would be inspired to invent their own ideas and uh, yeah, just make some contributions to save the environment. Uh, we hope that all youth that was us during the Arctic Innovation Verse will be inspired to invent their own ideas and make contributions to save the environment. And for those of you who want to join the Arctic Innovation Awards next year, good luck to all of you. Yeah, that's encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tiffany. Afra, do you have any advice? Um, I think it's enough and good luck for Ericsson Innovation Awards 2023. It's very recommended competition. Everyone recommends it here. So thanks so much. Oh, no, I have a, yeah, go ahead, Paul. I have a last question. Yeah. A last question. Was it fun? <laughs> Did you it have fun? It was obviously hard work, but was it fun? Did you enjoy it? Absolutely. It, it was absolutely interesting and fun. And we got a lot of experience from the AA competition this year. Great. Cool. I was saying good luck with your idea going forward. Look forward to seeing something happen there. It's just... Fantastic idea. And thanks so much for joining our podcasts and talking about Ericsson Innovation Awards and the winners. Team Benoit from University of Indonesia in Jakarta. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, now we are here with... Team Schrödinger, and we have here Nuruddin representing the team. You won the third award in uh, Ericsson Innovation Award yesterday. Congratulations. You won 5,000 euros, and I've Googled. It's supposed to be 2,300,000 Nigerian Naira. That's how it's called? Yeah, yeah, Naira. Naira. Thank you. So, congratulations, you're now a millionaire. Nuruddin, can you present yourself and your background a little bit? Okay, uh, thank you very much, Janina. My name is Nuruddin Asa. I studied mechanical engineering at Bayero University, Kano. I am currently in my final year. I am the president of the Energy Club at Bayero University, Kano, and also the research and development manager of Schrodinger Energies. And you, together with your teammates, have applied for this award. And your teammates, they are also engineering students? Yeah, we are three in the team. So I have Henry Lamba, which is the project lead. He also studied mechanical engineering. We are in the same class and also the same university. And also Khadija Moazo, she studied Computer engineering, we are also in the same university. So altogether, we are in the same faculty, studying in the same faculty. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you suggested your thoughts and then you went into this Ericsson program. And should we jump over to Alexandra? How did you start working with the team? You are now the Ericsson mentor. 
Yes. So I saw this program of Ericsson Innovation Awards and that you can participate as a mentor for a group of students. So I thought that's a very interesting journey to learn from myself and also to teach some things that I have learned through my professional life to others. What background do you have at Ericsson? Yes, I'm working at Ericsson as data scientist. I joined two years and a half, almost three years <laughs> to, in Ericsson. But my grand background is statistics and data science. And what I like the most about this program is that you have uh, one background, but the rest of the team can have different backgrounds. So you complement each other and can make these dreams for the students possible to become a reality. So that's why I was in inspired and that's why I wanted to participate. And have you done this before? Is this the first time that you're a mentor? Uh, this is my second year. Yes. And uh, Nuridian. Now, you took your invention to the Ericsson team and subjected it to the competition among a lot of other students. And your invention is a water purification system. It also had a phone charging system and a light. I thought that was like, oh, is this what today's emergency, the things that you need most is the phone charger, it's light and it's water. <laughs> is it true? Yeah, yeah. We know power problem down here in Africa. I was in Germany last two weeks and the, the kind of system there is different from our system here. So, so we know our problem. So we're trying to design the innovation to fix the problem, our region. So mm -hmm. apart from the fact that we are facing issue on water purification, we are also facing a very tremendous problem in energy poverty. Yeah. So we try to bring two problems together and find one solution to it with our innovation. So water purification system, you will need energy to purify the water. So and lacking access to electricity will hinder the purification of the water. So we now are like embedded solar system, solar system. In the case whereby people at the bottom of the pyramid don't have access to electricity, they have solar to charge the system. Yeah, we know our main target audience are people at the base of the pyramid, people that, people in the villages, you know, people that don't have access to electricity. So we now make it solar powered. And apart from that, we understand that the situation whereby maybe the sun is not quite good enough, you know, to power the system, that maybe there, there might not be sunlight or in rainy season period where there is no sunlight. So we now attach a hand crown mechanism to the system. So user can use the hand crank mechanism, crank the system, and the hand crank mechanism will charge the battery. So once the battery is charged, mm -hmm. then your system will work perfectly well. And when I will just put two ports, like two, two charging ports to the system, since you have a battery and the battery we embedded to the system is enough for you to purify your water and also charge your battery and light toolbox. We use LED lights that just consume forward. Yeah, the battery is enough to, to light bulb and also charge your battery for you. So here we are solving two problems, not just water problem and also energy problem. Yeah. Which is mm. our basic problem in sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah. Mm. First, good morning. 
fundamentals that people need. Yeah, fundamental needs. So do you see this innovation to be, what's the future of it? Would you see that it's like, oh, it's something that's brought to remote villages that doesn't have access to pure water? Or would this be like an emergency tool, like part of an emergency kit that, oh my God, something's happened here. We need to bring in this little, like this box of the most important like survival kit. How do you see it? it's being used in the future? Yeah, yeah. You know, when we are talking about innovation, you have to put two things in mind. You know, you have to put impact and sustainability in mind. So we make our innovation, you know, we want it to be impactful at the same time sustainable. So we have to, when we are talking about sustainability, we need to think about the future. We need to be very futuristic about our innovation. So it's not just an emergency solution, it's a futuristic solution. Ooh. Yeah, we mm. want to make it sustainable. Mm. So for, after this Ericsson innovation, we are able to gather a whole lot of experiences. So we just need further implementation. So we will mm. continue with our implementation yeah. and ensure that we enter the market. Cool. Very cool. So. So how did you find the whole experience with Ericsson Innovation Awards? I, I'm guessing that it's been like a good experience as, you, as you're a prize winner as well. So anything you want to say to your fellow students who might be applying next year? Is there something that you, some advice that you want to bring? Yeah, there's one amazing thing yesterday, the kind of happiness that we had yesterday. We were just seeing our posts, our pictures all over the social media handle of our students, you know, both lecturers, both students, they were just posting our name around. Yeah, we have our students, they came third in the global the, the competition by Ericsson, you know, that kind of thing only give you joy that you are able to take your student and do your, your university name out there and make your university proud. Yeah. So, and what is the name of your university? I should ask. <laughs> yeah, university is Bayero University. Bayero. Bayero University kind of. So that only is also, it's also a sort of happiness for us. Apart from the fact that we are making an impact, it's also happiness and what i would like to say to students is students to try to balance between academy and activity because there are many things that you will not be taught in class within the four walls of your class so you need to go out there to gain those experiences and there are opportunities out there there are a whole lot of applications out there because i didn't mean we haven't applied for this ericsson application we wouldn't have been there and we wouldn't have been be in the final. So we apply, we saw the opportunity and we apply for the opportunity and we were selected. And what mm. I would just tell students is whenever they see opportunity, they shouldn't be skeptical and they shouldn't be maybe lazy to apply, just try to apply because we do apply applications. I applied for a whole lot of applications. Many I wasn't selected and some I am selected and this has taken me to places, even though I haven't finished my undergraduate. I have traveled to several countries, even though I haven't finished my undergraduate. Why? Just because I am applying for opportunity, I'm seen out there. So that's what I would tell students. And also they should try to be innovative, not just what you are taught in class, try to make it practical. 
try to use it because what we're taught in class, this is what we are using and this is taking us to places. So just take it out there and ensure that you implement what you are taught. And that's my advice for students. Alexandra, as a mentor, do you have anything you want to, how was the process? Do you have any words of wisdom to people who want to be part of this or who want to be a mentor? Yeah, I don't know the words of wisdom, but for sure I, I can share my experience that this has been very fulfilling for me in many aspects. And since the first moment that I read about this project, I was very fond of it. There is a lot of future for this project, not only in Nigeria or Africa. I think it, it could be it could solve this water problem for many countries. Another thing that I like a lot was the motivation that they, this group has. You just hear Nuruddin talking now that how they apply for opportunities. It's okay if you got rejected in some, but there will be other opportunities for you and, and you need to try and you need to apply. So that, that's the kind of motivation that, that we need for Innovate. So uh, yeah, that is my experience and what I have learned. This journey. Well, thank you so much and congratulations again, the Schrodinger Energy team from Nigeria. And thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. So, and now on the Voice of Hygiene podcast, we have the team that won the second prize in today's Ericsson Innovation Award. Satyakrishni Scientific and Nikki, hi from the team. Tell us a little bit about the team and the background and what you won for. Oh, thank you. First of all, first of all, thank you to the entire Ericsson Innovation Challenge team for giving me this opportunity, like this wonderful and huge opportunity for me to grasp in and a very namaste from India on all the viewers. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. So just to talk about my team, my coach, my mentors, uh, we are a team of two co-founders. We have from the very first day when I was applying for the award. And today it's, it's a, a bit unbelievable, but the fact is that, yes, we have been sipping the first hundred dollars. <laughs> so this is the pace which we have been working on. <laughs> you won uh, 15,000 euros yesterday. So and I googled a little bit and that's one million. 300,000 rupees. So you're also a millionaire today. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about uh, how did you come together with your team and the invention itself? So basically the thing is the, I myself has a very humble background. So I myself belongs from a very small village in India where from where I belong. Our region has been blessed with world's one of the most fertile soil. The thing is, it's not about production. We produce like anything, produce very huge. But the thing is, what we do with that overproduction? Because these the items are very perishable in nature. And let me tell you, one third of the global production goes to wastage. Yes. So if I had to put it in numbers, world produces around like 449 billion metric tons goes to wastage. Such a huge problem mm. it is. So tell us a little bit about the solution mm. that you have developed at least. Did you have a startup then that you, that, that you... Yes, hmm? now we are a startup. Now we are a startup in India. We are a good recognizable startup that within three months of our operation, we are profitable. Ooh. Just three months of operation. Wow, so you're already on the road. Yes, thanks to the amazing mentors like Ren and everyone, Ren, Visakha, Ayub. So 
Hiran, you helped them on the way here to bring this to fruition and make it a reality. And they are already now a reality. What's your background at Ericsson and how have you been working with the team? Yeah, so my background, I mean, I have been almost 21 years in the telecom field. 10 plus years I have been, I mean, in the operations and then the I've been into sales and solutions and then the, the delivery. So across all the you know domains of the telecom industry, I've been involved in last 20 and journey. And by education, I'm an electronics engineer. Plus also I've done the master's in the business administration. I mean, of course, when I come across this, the overall project and the solution, it was at quite matured stage. I mean, uh, so, I mean, all the credit goes to the Nikki and the team. I mean, uh, it is actually, uh, we got a... As a mentor, we got very, very mature project. The only thing what we have to see is that, you know, some of the, the go-to-market strategy or, you know, I mean, from an MBA perspective or marketing perspective, how you can do the segmentation and the maximize the revenue. So those kind of things, only some suggestions and uh, fine-tuning, only uh, that part was left. So which is considering the background which we have, all the team mentor, not just I. I got this privilege to be here, but there are other two mentors as well. So we've added that flavor uh, into the solutions, which has then finally been dead uh, to the team. Yeah, uh, I mean, to the judge. And winning prize. And Nikki, so how did you see the, the entire process? What would you say to other students or young people with startups? Is this something that they should do? Like, should they apply? Or has it been a good experience? It's an amazing experience if I had to say it. Like, you know, key, what else you need? Mentors like who are so well diversified. All my mentors, oh my God, all was having 20 years, 25 years plus experience. And I was just a college going kid, I am. Wow. Well, th- just when you said, uh, Nikki, that you're combining both electronic engineering with the sustainability, it's like, wow, that's a good combination at the moment. So it's an amazing field. Of course, we are on a mission. I am on a mission of becoming a unicorn but with our own matrix, you know, and that matrix is to impact a billion life. So I think I should tell to the viewers a bit about the solution and then the entire process if you if you want. Yeah. So after looking at the problem, what we did, we started to ideate and we tried to follow a process called design thinking approach. So we followed this design thinking approach to first empathize with the problem. So I have interviewed more than 500 people who belongs to that region. Talking to each people gives me a very different perspective. Like, oh my God, there was the electricity problem. There was n number of problems. Like, you know, some people wanted to, to carry the entire storage to that shop where they are selling fruits and vegetables. Some wanted to deploy in, in the field. But field has no electricity. The shop might have electricity, but for how many hours? You don't have 24 by 7 electricity. So there were the thing which I know that I need not to do it. I shouldn't be using refrigerant. That was pretty clear because that need 24-7 electricity, high maintenance, trend manpower, and I don't have all of these. So with the empathy, what I was clear is what not to do. <laughs> then you have only a bunch of things that you need to do, right? I made that the entire technology happen and the solution, we call it subjecuity and we say it very happily that this is once one of the affordable storage which extend the self-life of fruits and vegetables anywhere between 3 to 30 days without using any chemical preservative refrigerant. Mm. Just by using 20 watt of power, 
and that 20 watt of power you can give it with a very small solar panel that you can carry on a backpack. When I read up about it, it's sort of like a, like a vacuum storage or something like that, right? You suck the air out of it instead of cooling it. Or have I misunderstood it? So we conducted our research upon the physiology of fruits and vegetables. We try to understand that why fruits and vegetables get perished. What we do with fruits and vegetables, we pluck it and we, we just throw it in the cold storage. So did we ask for the will of fruit and vegetable? That, that sounds a bit more imaginative. But what about the, where that fruit and vegetable want to be? Just like a human, as we are also a living thing, and the fruit and vegetable too. So we want a good climate around us, right? We can't survive too hot, too cold. So that was the inspiration behind the idea that I thought fruit and vegetable also might be needing a decent mm. climate around them. And that decent climate was high humid, near sterile, ethylene oxidizing mm. climate. Just like we human need, we human need 20 to 25 degrees Celsius temperature, good air, good oxygenated air and a pretty cool mm. ambience, right? So fruit and vegetable need high humid, near sterile, ethylene oxidizing yeah. microclimate. So this is what we figured it out, that what they need. And now, what are the things how I can provide that microclimate into a isolated and, and, and yeah. sterile box? And that box, I had to design in a way that that can be folded and can be taken to any other place. So then we iterated upon the fabrics. What kind of fabric we should be needing? It should be rough and tough because farmer is going to use it. So we draw inspiration from parachutes okay. that witnessed a tremendous amount of air pressure. So that might be a good choice. Then that was only one layer. Then, then, that, then what about bacteria, pathogens? We need to make yeah. it sterile. So the solution, which, is, which looks very simple at, at one point of time, but you, when you look at it from different angles, it is as complex as it is. So every fruit and vegetable emit a gas that is called ethylene gas. So if it is an apple, it will emit a gas called ethylene. And that ethylene gas will again act upon the same apple. And first it will uh, ripen it and over ripening is perishing. So that is one factor. The second factor was that outside environment has very less humidity. But inside fruit and vegetable, is 95 to 98% water. So water goes out of the fruit and vegetable to the atmosphere. So what we did inside that chamber, we made a high humid atmosphere as well. So that water can't go out of the fruit and vegetable. And once water is retained there, the firmness, the test, the nutritive quality, all gets retained there. Then we, what next? The pathogens. If your fruit is acidic in nature, it will have, it will catch fungus infection. If it is basic in nature, it will catch bacterial infection. So what we did, we make a near sterility inside the chamber so that pathogens can't attack the fruit and vegetables. And this way, we made a storage that is insulatable, but at the same time, inside that storage, we had a device that creates a microclimate that oxidizes ethylene, provides high humidity, control the growth of pathogens in an isolated and insulated chamber. And that's where, when you keep your fruit and vegetable inside, you get a better self-life because that's the place they want to be. 
that's not against their will. <laughs> well, the solution sounds incredible and very clever as well. Thank you so much for being with us on the podcast and explaining all the things about your invention and congratulations again on winning the prize. Yes, the day. Thank you. Thank you. And that was the three winning teams from Ericsson Innovation Awards 2022. Yeah, congrats, everyone. Yeah, Yay. congrats. <laughs> and Peter, anything you want to say here in the end? What, what do you want people out there to do now? It's soon 2023. What should they look out for and what should they do? You should just ask yourself, what's stopping you from providing an idea to the Ericsson Innovation Award? All we need is a very... In initial idea, all we need is something that makes a lot of sense, but provides that wow factor that inspires you and that makes you feel, actually, there's something here. We want to look at that. We want to investigate it and we want to make it special. So come up with some really good creative ideas. Stretch the imagination of the people that review those submissions and become one of the semi-finalists and hopefully become the finalist and win the 25,000 euros. Yeah. Yeah. Very good, Peter. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this special episode. Perhaps Peter will come back next year and talk about what the winners for the 2023 Ericsson Innovation Awards will be then. I hope so. Thanks again, everyone. And bye. Remember to like, comment, subscribe. If you like this podcast, it really helps. We have a great team of people we're working with, but when it comes down to it, a lot of work is done by us too. And we weren't hired to do podcasting, Paul. We're not. I'm not getting paid for this. (laughs) (laughs) So please, if you want us to continue, give us some good reviews and recommend us to your colleagues. And if you want to contact us, email is best. And which email is it, Paul? 5G podcast at ericsson.com. Ah, you're so great. And, you know, out there, we love your suggestions and feedback. So please reach out to us. Ericsson is a Swedish multinational networking and telecommunications company started in 1876 and headquartered in Schiester, just outside Stockholm. We sell infrastructure, software and services in the information and communications technology for telecommunications service providers and enterprises, including, among others, 3G, 4G and 5G equipment and IP and optical transport systems. We employ around 100,000 people and operate in more than 180 countries worldwide. Ericsson has over 57,000 granted patents and has been a major contributor to the development of the telecommunications industry and is one of the leaders in 5G.